the kind of the origin story of the name. I get asked this question. I work the I work the window most of the time on the truck, and this this comes up every once in a while. Somebody will be like, "So what's with the name, the Dire Lion? How did you come up with something so specific?" Or or is this Game of Thrones? Or is it a Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that has become my lazy answer because the actual, yeah yeah it's Game of Thrones. It's, 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 it's you got it. It's from a game that involved some thrones at some point. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Odds and Friends. I'm your host, Noelle Blood, and this is the podcast where my friends come on and tell me the interesting stories from their lives. Today, I have my friends Dakota and Isaiah, who are the owners of the Dire Lion Grill and Chippy, a very popular food truck here in Omaha, Nebraska. And this is the first of a two-part episode, my very first two-part episode. Um... And this first episode focuses on sort of the founding of the truck and where the idea came from to do a British pub food truck and sort of how they got where they are today. And then we end right when Isaiah is talking about um, his other business, which is called Trucks and Taps. Episode number two is going to be more so like my top questions about the Dire Lion. Things like, what's your favorite menu item? Um, tell me your worst customer story, stuff like that. So something to look forward to. Now let's get into it. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, okay, um, I'm Isaiah. Uh, I'm the co-owner of the Dire Lion Grill and Chippy. And I'm Dakota. I am the other founder of the Dire Lion Grill and Chippy. Oh yeah, we're a food truck too. Yes. <laughs> In case you wanted to know, if you're not from here, so yeah, we are. Uh, we're based out of Omaha, Nebraska. We do uh, English style pub food. Fish and chips is our big thing, but we also do bangers and mash, uh, pies, that sort of thing. Best fish and chips in Omaha. Woo woo. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm told. I don't know. Are we not supposed to do that? We I, I think I think own. we can stroke our own egos a little bit. <laughs> We've done it for a while. So. Where did the idea of a food truck, like, where did this whole idea come from? Because I've known you guys for a while, and I guess I didn't know you super well when the food truck started. So what's the backstory? Well, um, I mean, a lot like this. this. I was just noticing this is, like, very similar to how we started. But I guess the back backstory is I'm a chef of, like, I was trying to add this up the other day, like 17 years or something now. So I've done a lot of catering and uh, fine dining and bakeries and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and owned a cafe, which we actually started the food truck out of. Um, and uh, and then now here I am doing a food truck. So we were... Yeah, we did a lot of... Like, we've done so many things, because my day job is computer and information security, but I was basically destined for one of three professions in my life, which was either that, uh, something in the culinary world, or uh, the priesthood, actually. <laughs> so um, I ended up going with tech just because I felt like it suited me the best out of all of those things. But um, when I moved to Omaha for college... Um, Isaiah was a good friend of another good friend of mine from school. And 
uh, we hit it off very well, and we started doing all sorts of just random cooking projects. Like, I assisted you doing baking catering for quite some time or in the early days. Yes, yeah. Um, and all sorts of other just random odds and ends. But we had talked about, like, the dessert bar was the big one in the early days. We right. always talked about doing, like, a dessert bar for whatever reason. Well, I started out with, like, uh, so when I, I went to school here in Omaha, and um, originally I went for a pastry arts degree um, and since dropped out of school because I started, <laughs> because, I don't know, I just was working. So. I dropped out too for what it's worth. Um, but, yeah, obviously, like, not doing as much baking, but you did a lot of, like, we probably made, like, 10,000 cheesecakes, I would imagine. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to eat 10,000 cheesecakes. cheesecakes. All sorts of, but, it, but it was all, like, in the sake of just, we weren't really doing anything with it. It was more like, uh, I don't know, I guess we were just like, hey, I got a crazy idea. Let's put habanero peppers in a cheesecake and see yeah. what happens, you know? We did a lot of that where... We were just kind of sitting around, and it's like, this would be really cool. Like, we did a maple bacon cheesecake before maple bacon really took off as, like, a whole thing. Before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> which was kind of like... We were we were trailblazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and uh, oddly enough, before we... I don't even know where in the timeline this fits, but we did actually talk about doing a ramen food truck um at one point in time yeah did the whole we like he came over to my house one day and we did like a whole bunch of like three different types of ramen yeah. that we were gonna do like handmade noodles and everything we made um, a tonkatsu we made a chicken and we did a vegetable i think we like actually did some real r&d for this yeah then I, then I don't know what happened. I guess we figured it wouldn't suck to carry, like, 40 gallons of hot soup around. And <laughs> yeah. I, think we, I think we had considered that more as, like, a really small brick and mortar. I think we considered the food truck for, like, a hot second for that one. But I think we had actually... This is also back when Benson, if you're not from Omaha once again, Benson's, like, the cool artsy-fartsy district that really started taking off about... Probably about eight years ago, I'm wanting to say, is when it really started mm -hmm. to become a real big thing. And we were talking about this probably six years ago. So it was still in its infancy. It wasn't quite as developed as it is these days. Now it's overdeveloped. It's yeah. completely <laughs> overdeveloped. <laughs> They're talking about parking garage. Oh, yeah. God. And that was also around I mean, the they time. need one, though. I'm just sure. going to put it out there. <laughs> and that was also around the time when, like, Ika was starting their thing. And I think Jinya had talked about it. There were a lot of pop-up ramen places. And I guess you know my pretentious culinary self was like well, we could do this better <laughs> what do these people know so and i don't know we did it was pretty good i still yeah. think it would it would go well but it would have gone well if we would have went with that concept. now i'm kind of thinking food truck because food truck is cool uh -huh. we've been doing well but, but anyways that was a long way to say like uh so we were sitting around one night drinking, drinking whiskey. A lot of whiskey. <laughs> we, we tasted we tasted a lot of Dakota's whiskeys. Yeah, I bet, uh, our friend, uh, the same friend that I spoke of earlier, is our good friend Bill. He uh, was there as well, and he brought some bottles, and I had a bunch at my house, and 
I think you had brought something as well. And we were just sat there. I think we had a dozen bottles between the three oh of us. Oh, my God. We drank well, a lot of whiskey that yeah, night. Yeah, and this was also, like, I had, I, I was an executive chef at a, a restaurant downtown called Nosh Wine Lounge. I didn't so, know that you were executive chef at Nosh. Yeah. We might have some people in common to talk about later. I was there. We, uh, we were there um, two and a half years, I think. Mm. And... Um, uh, and so I, I had like just problems with management and uh, decided to leave there. Uh, and actually, like the year that I was leaving, I had also opened a cafe, um, which I ran for three or four, three or four years. I think four years sounds right. Four years, I think, because mm-hmm. the food truck kind of happened after. So um, this was this was around that time like i had left i had started my cafe that had been running for probably half a year almost a whole year maybe and um that wasn't really like uh i always explained it like it was my bread and butter but it was not my cup of tea it was Mm, not uh, like your passion yeah you know it was just a thing to like get me to do another thing Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, always having all these things in the back burner that Dakota and I had talked about mm-hmm. um, were sitting around and, and I'm just kind of, you know, saying, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I want to do next. I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to, you know, this cafe is not, we're doing breakfast, we're making bacon and eggs. It's not that interesting to me, you know, yeah. um, what can we do? And, and uh we had a, I, I don't really even know how it came up. I'm not 100%. That. So what like I remember... how the British idea came about <laughs> exactly. So my re- recollection is, because uh, I had also worked... Uh, I had started with some other mates. I had started up a, uh, a game development studio sort of thing that we really... We did it as a fun thing in our spare time at that point for the most part. But we had also gotten a couple of paid contracts to develop some content... Um, we had a couple, I think we had four, it was, at the end, touchscreen kiosk games in the Atlanta Children's Museum that was actually a lot of fun for us to develop. But what it had come down to was, I was not in school at the time, I had dropped out by that point, and I hadn't really fallen into my career yet, but I had, like, this big pile of, because we all got, we got paid out at the end of the contract, basically, as soon as it was finished. So I've got, like low five figures just sitting in my bank account doing nothing at that point. I'm just like... And I'm like, food truck! Yeah, and I'm just like, this is... I can do all sorts of things with this, so... Is this during when you were all drinking whiskey and yes. sort of yeah. getting hatched? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting here like, I could do the responsible thing, like pay down a bunch of my student loans or put a down payment on a house or something. But we're sitting there, it's just like, now nah, we should open a business. That's the smart thing to do with this money. Because... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. everybody ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was just kind of a, like, well, right. it yeah, was an easy we come, were... easy go sort of thing. Like, oh, I put all this money into this, you know, we did this project, and I was one of five people on the team, and I got my share of it. And it was just like a side hustle. So it was like, it, it felt like fun money a lot more, which I know is kind of, in retrospect, not necessarily the smartest way to have looked at that, but um, it worked out in the end, so... And so I'm basically sitting there. We're all drinking. And I'm just like, I've got a bunch of money in my bank account. And and by the way, Bill was there too, yes. I believe, at the moment. So Bill was the mutual friend of ours. Like This is how I kind of know Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew him before through a church that we went to. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we kind of hung out from there and then met you through, mm-hmm. I guess he knew you through college. And yeah. So, yeah. It, but that was the whole funny thing, because I'm like, well, I can... Because we were going to buy a used trailer at the time, too, because we, like, had this huge idea of, like, oh, we're going to... Let's just do something. Let's just do it. We've talked about it for years. We have some money. Let's just fucking make it happen, right? And that's kind of how it ended up doing. Yeah. And then we and, started talking about, like, okay, well, what what would we do? You know, mm-hmm. what what is there and my mind is always like you know especially like I like I expressed like I did not like doing bacon and eggs I didn't want to you know open another burger place or do another you know brew pub sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. what what's something that we're actually interested in that Omaha does not have and um we both you know kind of you know, I think I had said, you know, the one thing that I like is when, you know, we've gone to, like, the Green Mile, or the mm-hmm. Royal Mile, uh, actually, in um, Des Moines. Yeah, and, and uh, Brit's Pub up in Minneapolis. Pub. Yeah, and so, so all of these English, Irish-style pubs mm-hmm. um, came to mind, and we were like, well, that'd be kind of a cool concept, you yeah. know, to do, Um but opening a pub right now doesn't doesn't make sense. You know, that's a lot. You know, I've known by watching uh, people, you know, the restaurant that I worked for downtown, a restaurant that I helped start um, earlier on in my career. Uh, you know, I've just watched all of these owners go through it with their building expenses and electricity and just every everything that adds up on a business. And I was like, you know, uh, even though he had like a little pile of money, I had yeah. no money at this point because I'm a chef, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and we quickly realized that um, the pile of money was very insignificant right. for a brick and mortar. So, so I think you truck. pitched food truck because yeah. food trucks were becoming like a big thing in Omaha at the time. And it was still like, you know, once we got into it, starting a food truck was like uncharted waters nobody knew what was going on five years ago yeah i remember that like when food trucks you you just like saw them on the food network and they were like this novelty like no one was really doing it around here they were really big on the west coast like they weren't super because new york city's had food carts forever like those aren't anything new but like the truck thing was really i think a west coast invention yeah and they yeah like you were saying they were kind of like a novelty to most midwesterners yeah. at the time they were here at the time mostly yeah. i remember locomotive and, and locomotive was yeah. kind of like the one of the first ones around and and i think they were just almost a little bit too early to it yeah uh, to be honest that was their big um, failing but around the time that that we started the food truck uh the omaha food truck association came around uh, which, you know, I became a, uh, a founding member of, and we sort of helped write laws with the city um, in order to make it so food trucks knew exactly how they were supposed to be operating. Regulated. Yeah. 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 You know. We, uh, they, rather, hired a, a lobbyist, um, a, fer- a former mayor of Omaha, pretty well known, who knew who all the right people to talk to. Because I've always told people about, like, this particular phase of the food truck industry. There was, uh, there's Omaha, who had the association, we had the lobbyist, and we knew kind of, like, what we wanted, and we knew the, guy, the lobbyist was there to kind of, like, go talk to the mayor and all the particular people in the city council to make that work correctly. Because Lincoln, a uh, city about 50 miles away from here... The state capital. ...had a very similar situation 
Uh, but I like to call them the uh, evil mirror universe in which this failed miserably because <laughs> they passed a bunch of the very... trucks lost. They yeah. passed <laughs> very draconian uh, ordinances in Lincoln regarding food trucks. Like, it's impossible to this day to park a food truck in downtown Lincoln without pulling, like, I think at least $500 worth of permits and being very far from any other food establishments. Like, the restaurants there won that fight completely. Yeah. And the food truck culture in Lincoln, as a result, has suffered quite and, greatly. And we had that problem in Omaha where, you know, there were certain restaurants um, that, you know, just vehemently didn't like uh, having um, food trucks around and fought against it. But, um, uh, you know, with the laws that we established, I think we found, like, a pretty common ground in between mm-hmm. you know, food trucks and restaurants. And obviously, like, we're all business owners. We don't want to park our food truck in front of your establishment as much as you don't want us to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of how we how we came up with it. And then we, yeah. Um, we ended up deciding to get a whole new truck instead mm-hmm. of spending my tiny pile of cash. Which was actually probably the best decision. It, it, that was the smartest the thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely the smartest decision that we made on that front. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, for anyone who's listening and curious about how, I don't know how up to date this is uh, these days, but I mean, you're looking at probably a minimum investment of 60 grand to start a food truck. Yeah. If you're doing, like, depending on what you're doing, because our unit's a trailer towed by a truck, and that's, you know, between buying a truck capable of pulling it and getting your trailer that's fitted with your full kitchen and everything that you need, and then all of the permits and everything, it's it was a non-trivial amount of money, so my little pile of cash would not have come close. <laughs> we would have had to get a loan no matter what. Yeah. But, um... So you had the idea, and then you went out and bought the trailer, and then... Well, so <laughs> I think we had that idea, and um, and then, you know, we kind of hung around a little bit more that night, daydreamed a little bit about it. Um, but I think when I left, Dakota was probably like, yeah, he's not that serious about it. <laughs> and then like a few days later, I texted him, I'm like, hey, I found this company that does these trailers, blah, blah, blah. Are we doing this yeah. for real? Yeah, <laughs> you, I do distinctly remember that text where it's like, so are we serious about doing this food truck thing or are we just drunk? And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking well, yeah, either one was a possibility. Yeah. Both, and I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, you know, fuck it. We only live once. Let's do this. Let's just do it. And if we, you know, if it doesn't work out, eh, we tried. And, I mean, here we are five years later, so clearly it worked pretty damn well, but, you know, survivor bias and all that. Yeah, we, we <laughs> lucked uphill. That's just the way it works. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. But as we as we sat there, so we had to think of a name um, for the food truck. I was like... What's a great name? And we went round and round. I'm like, well, it's gonna be a pub. It's gotta be something. It's gotta have that that sound to it. You know, all these all these English style pubs. There's like the mm. Golden Fleece or you know Gilded Swine or you know yeah, like, all the all these things that I don't know. It just sounds like what it like sounds what's the royal. name like Harry yeah. or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah, the the Lord Nelson or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm just I. 
I don't exactly because rec- we pitched a lot. We had a handful of pretty good quality names, but none of them stuck really. Uh, but then this is uh, this the kind of the origin story of the name. I get asked this question. I work the I work the window most of the time on the truck, and this co- this comes up every once in a while. Somebody will be like, "So what's with the name?" The Dire Lion. How did you come up with something so specific? Or, or is this Game of Thrones? Or is it a Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that has become my lazy answer because the actual, yeah, yeah, it's Game of Thrones. It's, 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 you got it. It's from a game that involved some thrones at some point. <laughs> so basically, what it came down from a, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons game, actually, amusingly enough, um, I had been playing a game with several of our mutual friends. And one of our player characters, if you've never played Dungeons & Dragons, it's a tabletop role-playing game. You write down all of your characters' abilities and statistics on a piece of paper, and you roll dice to see if they do things, basically. Which, by the way, I was not in this game. Yeah, I... So... <laughs> have you ever even played D&D? I think I play. I tried to play once with you guys, and I was like, I'm not creative enough. Not. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a great game. It's if fun you're, to watch. I liked it. <laughs> if you're if you're of the uh, personality that likes that sort of game, it's a great time. But yeah, it's definitely not uh, not everyone's cup of tea. But anyway, we're uh, so one of my our mutual friends is uh, our friend Mike. His character wants a giant lion that he can ride around like a horse in fights. <laughs> like, that's his character's, like, goal in life, is I want to find a dire lion cub, which is just a giant lion, and I want to get it trained that I can ride it around as a mount. So, and Mike is a smoker, or was at the time a smoker, and would go outside in, like, very commonly to have a cigarette, because we didn't have smoking in our house. And he would uh, go outside and basically just say that his character was zoning off or, like, drunk or something. So anything that his character um, would have heard by being in the room, he just his character didn't hear because he didn't hear it because he was outside smoking a cigarette. And so in the game, all of our other players, uh, my friends that were playing, because I was running the game, all of my other players had taken like weapons and armor and stuff like that when they would fight somebody and win stuff. But uh, Mike's character was the only person who was hoarding actual cash money. So he's sitting on a pile of, like, all sorts of gold in character. And the players want to have, like, a place that they can have to, like, base their operations out of. Like, we want to be here for hire. Like, we're your mercenaries. We're your, like, we'll go out and clear out this old castle so you can take the, the actual, like, thing back and make it into something else. Or just do whatever we want. Just like a freelancing adventurer's guild. So they hatch a plan during Mike's cigarette breaks to tell him that they had found a dire lion for sale, but they needed to act very quickly, and he needed to give them the money right then and there to get the dire lion. So he comes in from his smoke break, and they, in character, like wake his guy up who's drunk at a bar, and is like, we found a dire lion, we found a dire lion. And he gives them the money without question, sight unseen. So the players go off, find an empty warehouse along a riverside in the town that they were in, buy this empty warehouse, and paint a tavern sign that says the Dire Lion Pub on the outside. And then they lead this poor guy to the, the new Dire Lion Pub, and they're like, this is our Dire Lion. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was, to say that he was pissed off would be a vast understatement. They <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of his in-game money on this storefront, basically, and he was no closer to actually being able to ride a lion around. But I always told him, because we, you know, we had a good laugh at it. He was a little bit mad out of character, but he's like, okay, like, that was pretty clever. You guys did a good job on that. And we were always just like, all right, so if we ever open a pub, it has to be called the Dire Lion because of this. And yeah, luckily enough, we opened a food truck that's kind of a pub. Yeah, well, it, you know, it may be, it may be one day. That's, that's definitely an end goal mm-hmm. for us, so. Um, yes, I mean, that's, that's the canonical, where did the name the Dire Lion story, <laughs> right there. That's Short version, it. Game of Thrones. Long right. version, D&D. Yeah, nerdy right. nerdy as hell either way. We're huge nerds. That, that's really the real answer is uh, most of us are huge nerds. Isaiah's not that big of a nerd compared to the He's nerd adjacent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> by, by association. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what... What is, I guess, there has to have been a struggle somewhere between, like, Inception and being wildly successful. And I, again, don't know what those, like, were there any struggles? Like, was there any speed bumps or anything along the way before launching? I don't know if wildly successful. Yeah. (laughs) Successful. I mean, is it? You guys guys do pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. We do, yeah. We Um, can't complain. Yeah, I mean, the... Yeah, of course. I mean, open, uh, running a business, a small business, um, in any you know uh, any sort of industry, I think is always going to be difficult, and it's always going to be a struggle. Every day is honestly a struggle. Um, but you know, it's just some days are easier struggles yeah. than others, and, <laughs> and they're worth it. You know, at the end of the day. Um, but I guess I would say, you know, probably the, the hardest part, um, was, you know, as I said, when we started, we started out of our cafe. So when you own a food truck, uh, in Omaha or anywhere, I'm sure, uh, they require you to have a, what's called a commissary kitchen to base out of. So that's the first thing that you need when you're a food truck, if they'll let you operate. So luckily, I had that as a cafe. So we were kind of using it as my cafe and a place to prep for our food truck as well, which uh, Blair, who's sitting across the uh, table from us, <laughs> actually had the, uh, had the pleasure yeah. of working at for a while. Yeah, we, uh, we drafted my fiancé to do a lot of work for us. It, it was <laughs> in, insane. To say the least, but, uh, the cafe was inside of a uh, a call center uh, here in Omaha, so it actually worked as sort of a, um, a commissary for the for the building, the employees. It was open to the public, but um, mainly it was for the employees who were always mad about everything. I mean, working yeah, in a call right. center, <laughs> yeah. Working in a call center, right? A call center is never a fun place to work. I'm so, hungry and I work in a call center and I need my yeah. bacon and so, eggs I mean, now. Yeah, in those, first, in those first years, you know, I was doing that um, and he was working his other job. Mm. And then at the end of the days and on, on the weekends, we were running the food mm. truck. Um, the first years were a lot of... The challenge for the first years was very much like getting our operational like just how we operate well, kind yeah, of and we didn't know what the hell we were yeah, doing. Yeah, we had no clue. Like we the number of times that we loaded everything in and out and like didn't know how much stuff that we needed for some things. Yeah. And like over prep, under prep, it was just 
And there was, was a lot of a learning curve. Yeah, and again, you know, at that point in time, there was really no model to base it on, mm-hmm. at least locally. I mean, some maybe somewhere else, but um, from my experience, it, uh, in a restaurant, it's totally different than a food truck. You know, you just expect different things. Um, and, you know, over the years, we figured out where to be, where we know business is going to be, and we know mm-hmm. about how much we're going to do or how much we could do. Um, then... We had no idea where to yeah. be. We didn't know. We, yeah. like, we did a lot of nights at uh, Olivers outside of the volleyball courts. Yeah. We were popular with the people who went into Olivers for dinner. And just Which is actually our address to this day. <laughs> I have, I yeah, on Facebook. It. Actually, I think I changed it a couple weeks yeah. ago. It was on Facebook. <laughs> Olivers I didn't know how to yeah. before then. That's how slow I am. But, it was, uh, but yeah, we parked there because we thought that the volleyball play was they have a volleyball league. And we expected, you know... Oh, the volleyball players will come. They never did. The yeah. bar regulars and the musicians, because Olivers is a huge spot for local music. And we did have some regulars. We had regulars yeah. there. Not like most of them weren't volleyball players. Yeah. But we had a lot of regulars from uh, that were regulars at Olivers in general. And we had a lot of bands come up that were like touring or whatever, and be like, "Oh, this is super cool. We'll get some food and go in before our set." So that was a good. It was a good spot. For yeah. the beginning, because it was fairly low traffic and we didn't know what we were doing very much. Yeah, it so. was just a place to be, kind of like test the waters, as, mm-hmm. it, as it were. So, um, But I think, you know, in the second or third year, well, the first, the first year we kind of did like a half year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in the second year, was, that, was, that was kind of the first year to go kind of full time. And, um, so I really started booking things up. We hired somebody, mm-hmm. um, who actually worked for me, uh, beforehand, uh, at Nosh when I was down there. So she came to work for us for a couple of years, actually. I think, yeah. did, I yeah. think she worked for us for two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. It was quite a while. So, and then in that time, you know, we adjusted the menu. We did all mm-hmm. sorts of different things and just really kind of built it into an actual, company something that resembled a company you know because um, I think you know Dakota and I had talked about this from here on and we've we've actually you know kind of reorganized things since then but when mm-hmm. we started you know it was kind of like we're starting this thing I still had my cafe he still, I still had my has full-time his, job has his full-time day job so it sort of seemed like well this would be like a fun thing to do we could we don't have to do this all the time mm-hmm. but I started to get antsy the cafe, as I said, was not, you know, not great. They changed some things in the building there to change over to a completely different company. The people there were worse. Everything started to get worse. Um, so I was looking for an exit strategy, how to get out of there. How can I do something different? I don't want to do this anymore, you know, which took me a good two years. It was a while. It was hard um, yeah. to, to really get out of there. So, um, you know, we, we just, uh, we kept doing what we could do with that. I, like I said, I had one other employee, so I would actually, I at least got my cafe to a point where I didn't need to be there during the day. So I could take the food truck and go do lunches. And then if we could book something in the night, we would Mm -hmm. book something at night and he would come help with that. And 
you know, go for there from there. So we ran that like that for a few years. For about three years, yeah. yeah. Two or three years. It was um, a yeah, it was a lot of twelve hour days back then. Yeah, so it was very exhausting, especially going from like it's the same thing but it's a different thing, you know, just doing this doing one company and focusing on everything you need to do for that and then focusing on everything you need to do. And I'm sure it was the same for him, you know, yeah. going from Going from doing computer security and then and like okay, well hopping now, into the now I have to be in customer service mode. Mayhem, you know, after I you know, yeah. after I've been working with that sort of stuff all day and it was it was an interesting it was an interesting period, but you know yeah. it they handled it well. So But last well, not last year before last year we finally moved out of that space, got a little commissary kitchen that was good enough for us. It wasn't expensive to be in. Um, so we ran out of there for a year and really just focused on, you know, building, you know, streamlining everything in the company, you know, making it so we don't have anything that's not working, you know, just mm-hmm. this is what the customers want. This is what we're going to do when we show up. And um, so that was that was good to do that mm-hmm. then, I think. Um uh, but then recently this year, uh, I started uh, a different company because I'm just uh, <laughs> fidgety guy. I guess yeah, fidgety is a way to say it. Or... Never satisfied. <laughs> From my understanding, that's Masoch- that's <laughs> That's how you get ahead in the restaurant biz, though. You gotta you start up something that gets that gets a lot of steam, and then you jump into a new project and start just, and then you have to have yeah, like you have to have five different things under your belt. Never, before. never sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we started a place called Truxy Taps. Um, so obviously, over the the four or five years that we'd been in business in the food truck, I became more involved with food trucks. You know, we we started to know everybody in there. Obviously, like I said, I was a part of the Omaha Food Association, Food Truck Association, and um, uh, through that, uh, I met you know some people who were looking to open a space and this is something that Dakota and I had talked about before too yeah was a place where there's a bar um, multiple food trucks can come up and park uh, we've seen models like this I think you've actually been to yeah. uh, a place in Texas called yeah. the truck yard yeah the place uh, the yeah it's the truck yard in Dallas I think it's called the truck yard it's in Dallas Texas it's a pretty cool place something they just have truck stuff or something along those lines yeah but know. it's literally just like a big pea gravel parking <laughs> lot with some electrical hookups and a nice house bar and a stage and it's like that's a fantastic that will not work in Omaha because we have terrible winters but you know Texas has terrible winters too right now apparently that's, <laughs> that's beside the point that episode yeah, just... is now about global warming we are now going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, because we had said for a while, like, that'd be a great concept to kind of move forward with the food truck thing. And, yeah, like, uh, the folks with uh, Big Green Q kind of hit you first on that. Yeah, so they came up to us at a food truck rally is what we call them here in Omaha or food truck rodeo or whatever. It's been called a couple different things, but one in Plattsmouth, um where it, it was actually a food truck competition so they bring all of these food trucks down there and uh, do um i guess you you submit your best item and then they judge them and all mm-hmm. that stuff and then people come and eat from your food truck and it's a crazy busy time but uh at the beginning of it um 
and I don't know, maybe I should have taken it as a sign to <laughs> at the beginning of that, as we were setting up, one of the food truck owners came over to me with a, you know, this kind of sheet that said, hey, we're, we're looking to start this business. This is the idea. We found this space. We're looking to get uh, a couple different partners in it. And, you know, we need this much money for this much percentage of the business, yada, yada. Um, and, uh, and so I took it from them. I said, wow, this is really cool. And we discussed, you know, briefly because we were about to be very yeah, busy. We were about um, to get slammed very hard. <laughs> but I, but I uh, uh, pursued it further because we would have monthly meetings at, at OFTA and uh, Omaha Food Truck Association. And, um, you know, they brought it to everyone there. And I was one of the only people to really say, yeah, I really want to get into this. It seems like, um, you know, something viable. It's something that uh, Omaha doesn't have, Nebraska doesn't have. Uh, why not, you know? So we searched around for a couple areas and landed on an old Sonic drive-in, um, which is where we're currently stationed now and operate Dire Lion out of, and they operate their food truck out of, and we have other food trucks in there that operate out of there. So, But you can also have a bar there, right? right. That was the yeah. big perk is that there's a central bar to the whole thing. Right. So, like, the biggest thing with a food truck or the biggest draws that we've found, you know, with a food truck, uh, we've done, you know, very well parked outside of breweries. So, yeah. like, here in... In Omaha, we go to um, a couple breweries, Pine Nine and Cross Strain, um, uh, very regularly actually. Yeah, and do well out there. They're right next um, to each other. Two fantastic local places. Yeah, and the one thing that they they have a little bit of seating outdoors and indoors, um, but not a lot. But we did really well there. We found found out if there's beer available and there's seating. Uh, all you really need is, you know, food to be around and mm. you've got, you know, something for people to do. So what's better than having that with one food truck is that with multiple food trucks. So that's kind of the concept that we went with and found ourselves opening last summer in the midst of our COVID reality and, <laughs> um, and everything. Um this place where it's an outdoor patio uh, we park food trucks around it and serve into the patio um, and there's a bar that we serve beer out of and wine and cocktails and um, yeah it's it's really this last year last half year because mm -hmm. we were only open half of the year we had done better in our company than we have done in previous years if not equal to it yeah so, somehow yeah um, somehow despite only being open from like because yeah between the winter last year going along and COVID keeping everything shut down for quite some time in any capacity yeah we posted our it was very close to our best year ever with yeah. keeping that in mind well, i so. think it had a lot to do with being being outdoors mm -hmm. um but it also opens up a lot of opportunity for us to be open effectively full-time you know so we get more hours in the day that we can operate without having the whole rigmarole that we had before where you have to load up the truck make sure you have everything make sure you have gas and the generator you know make sure everything's working mm -hmm. get there set up do your event come back and then if you had another thing 
you have to be ready to go again by the time that other thing happens in the day. Now we're able to just kind of pull everything from inside out. We're already, everything's going already. Um, and uh, you can just, you know, keep it open all day long. So uh, that, you know, combined with the fact that I think it was an outdoor venue um, in the middle of uh, yeah of COVID, you know, a, a lot a lot more people were were comfortable to at least come there and pick up food. So yeah, I know we went out there in August. I want to mm-hmm. say, and I felt pretty comfy. It was spaced out well enough. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. None, yeah. Of, none of us got COVID that I know of. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I was not there so. when I when I did. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the in. So yeah, I mean there were there were struggles along the way, and we definitely found ourselves in a good place. Uh, we also had a few very lovely people steal our generator a few times. <laughs> we have had we have had three generators stolen. Our first one was stolen out of the back of your pickup at your house. Mm-hmm. The second one, which was, we laughed and said, "Ha, good for you," because yeah. it was like it sounded like a foghorn. It was. <laughs> we, we literally went to Menards and bought the largest generator we could find because we needed a generator. Again, it was we a didn't poor, know what we were. Doing we did not know what we were doing, yeah. and it was a poor choice. We did not do enough research, um, but we did do the research for the second generator, which uh, it worked. It was just yeah, loud. it, it worked very, very yeah. Loud. It was <laughs> extremely loud. But we got a nice inverted generator the second time after doing the proper research after the first one was stolen, which was uh, stolen from us. But there's a video, because we got the video from the security cameras, and it made the local news. And they caught him, right? Yeah, they caught the guy. Like, this open and shut within, I think, three days. Facebook caught him. Yeah. (laughs) The power of the internet caught him. By the time they found the guy, which was, like, literally a day and a half later... Like, somebody found them, called me, we had called the police, and they're like, oh, didn't you, did you call, like, a report in? And I was like, yeah, I was waiting for you to call me back. (laughs) (laughs) So before the police even filed the report, they had found this guy because somebody had recognized him as their neighbor. Oh. I think this is my neighbor. And, um, I don't know, apparently his story was something to do with he had no power and something for months like and couldn't pay OPPD back. I don't know. But, yeah, something so, along those lines. So anyways, we, so we so, for his power. Yeah, <laughs> so we recovered that generator, and but we had already had to buy a new one by that time. So we actually got that one, got it fixed, because the video is almost funny if it wasn't like anger-inducing because it was our generator they tried to load it in the back of a pickup truck and dropped it from the back of the tailgate so we took it to a small engine place got it fixed and sold it to another food truck owner who needed another Mm -hmm. generator yeah so we uh, it still worked but it was banged up i wasn't going to give it to somebody on that yeah (laughs) it was uh so we ended up kind of ended up ahead because we got a generator after a year of having the old generator yeah and then we just had our that generator that we replaced it with stolen earlier this year so it's just a never-ending cycle yeah. only a few weeks ago we were joking that it because it always happened at the beginning of our year it was always the beginning of the season <laughs> that the generator was so, like the yearly like, theft of the generator like, has occurred inaugural like <laughs> and like these are and this is not like it was just sitting there like we had like 
16 gauge steel u-bolts welded to the chassis of this thing yeah it was welded down like, i mean everything it was rigged in such a way where you could change the oil without having to take it out of the cage like so whoever did this had to like get like an angle grinder or like a cutting torch or something to even get it out of the cage on the truck to begin with. Well, and they like scoped it out like to come in at the perfect angles or cameras didn't catch it and oh, it just makes me so mad. But we're here. We're still able to run at trucks and taps because we can plug into power. So that's been a saving grace. Otherwise, we were looking at another $5,000 you know, generator investment, which, you know, every time we had to do that uh, along the way, it just kind of put us further behind on our loans and stuff like that. So it took us quite a while to pay off our initial yeah. investment. Our initial investment. Company. So we just, yeah, we just <laughs> finished paying those loans last year at the yeah. end of the year. Like, so that was a uh, setbacks. There's, there's always setbacks though. So. Thanks so much to Isaiah and Dakota for joining me on the podcast to talk about the Dire Lion. And thank you so much to you for listening. Make sure that you check in on the next episode. It'll be a continuation of this one. Um, thank you to my fiance, Michael Anderson, for composing our intro music. And we'll catch you next time.